0: Um, chapter nine and uh, have you you can hear I need a treatment and so um I'm gonna just um to be calm and uh, I hope you catch every third word because that's about how it comes out. <laughs> I know it's just, it's such a pain but this lesson has been so good for me and and, uh, and I hope it has been for you too because let's face it, sometimes we don't know why things happen and that was the big question in this lesson. Why? Why did this happen? tell um, uh, I should have prayed for Debbie this morning. You know, I'm sure. She's still um, battling too so and and so we are gonna get into the whys and the no answers sometimes and um, and the reasoning you know when it doesn't make sense and it's not fair and and all of those normal human responses and we're gonna hear Jesus take over so um, Last night, same thing happened, and you will see it happen today. Um, Do I get better? No, but the Holy Spirit starts taking over, and if you really want to hear this morning despite, you will hear guarantee you will. So um, anyway, John 9, and uh, we're going to compare a little bit to John 5. These two men are so different when it comes to response to the Lord, who he is. Our choice in the matter, uh, there's so many similar, there's so many comparisons, there's very, very few similarities, but there's many comparisons. And so, in John 9, Jesus is walking along and he he saw a man born blind, he was born blind, so never can you imagine that never to ever have seen. Anything and so he was born blind, and um, his disciples see, here's the normal human response Well, who did something wrong here? There's got to be a reason why this happened. Oh, who sinned? Did he sin, or did his parents sin? You know, isn't that so? We always want an answer, we want to be able to uh, say, This happened because. Now we know certain things happen because of behavior. I mean, when your doctor says, Now don't do that anymore, and you do, or You can't have that anymore, and you do. You know, I mean, when he, when it is going against, when it so goes against you know that the results, the consequences are going to be, I don't want to say it, but it's your own fault. Sometimes you just have to accept the conditions and the response is because I didn't do what I was told. And disobedience always reaps consequences. But more than not, more than not, we get hit with things that they aren't fair and it doesn't make sense. And I can't see anything profitable here. And we've all had it. Now, mine's a little more obvious, but I know every one of you this morning has had that and has said the same thing. And there's always the question and it starts with the W. What is our one word question? Why? Why? And we want him to tell us. And I think he does. It doesn't always, it's not always because this and such. But in a sense, he does. In John chapter 9, that's why this lesson is such a perfect start to, to our new year. I mean, how many of us all, I mean, we always start a new year and you think, I hope it's a good one. Oh it's a good one what well, what do we mean? Well, we hope it's eventless. we hope that that we stay healthy we we hope that our children all are comfortable and and I mean you know when we say, oh it's a good year, but none of us knows what the year will bring, and we don't know what and why. Because God is always up to something, and this is such a good start for us because we have to say, okay, I couldn't trust him. Do I believe his will is perfect, that he's got a purpose in all that he does, and that in all things he is working for the good of those who love him? And this whole chapter is about this man's spiritual growth, And we're all on the same street. We're all, we all have started with Jesus, our Savior, and he is not content to let us stay there. We have so much more to learn. We have so much more to accomplish. And sometimes he needs to give us a shove. Sometimes he needs to grab us around the neck and he has to say, now I need your attention And so this morning, I want you to see that he gives you an the answer to our why question. When things don't make sense, when it isn't fair, when you're comparing to world standards and you're comparing to your own measure of happiness and comfort. So when the question why comes... Jesus said, well, let me give you the answer. Now, to your question, who sinned? Well, neither sinned. And, and this is the punishment for, I mean, you know that they all sinned. But he said, no, this isn't a response, a punishment for sin. This Here's the answer. And it's so perfect if you're willing to let him really have... This answer, and you grab that answer and you believe it, it will be day and night difference how you accept what's going to happen in 2020. So, this morning, I'm so I prayed so hard that, that the Holy Spirit really grabs a hold of our eyes, spiritual eyes, our spiritual ears this morning, because this is going to be valuable for the whole year. So, when that question comes, why, he says, This happened so that the work of God might be displayed in him. There's the answer. You're going through this so God can show himself through you. How many times have we said this year already, or this past season, that, that people are watching? And when when are they watching the most? When things aren't going good. That's when people really seem to sit up and take notice and see. Well, let's just see what, what Jesus really does mean to her or what her faith really does mean if she does believe. Because it is so easy to wear the label, it's so easy to say the words. But when you're, when, well, the, when the rubber meets the road, but there is no real reason to say, well, this happened because of this and this. No, the reason is he's up to something to show himself through you in this opportunity, in this situation. Because remember, when once we've been to the cross of Christ, it is not about us anymore. And the quicker we learn that, the Better. once we have come to the cross and it is no longer I it's Christ that lives in me it isn't about me anymore my life is not centered around me and you can tell right away when it starts to become centered around you again how we run amok but when you when you have changed to the point because remember that's the Holy Spirit's job one to lead you to Jesus and then the second one is to turn you like him And once he starts turning you like him, you will start seeing these changes. And part of the change is when life happens, and it just does. You can say, oh, he wants to use this as an opportunity to show himself through me in this this instance, because people are watching And what gives you the strength? Who gives you the strength? He does. But you know what he keeps reminding you of? Oh, what he promised? I'll be there. I'll never forsake you. I'll walk with you through this. When you're weak, I'm strong. You can do all things through Christ. who will strengthen you. I mean, the Holy Spirit's there to feed you with all of this truth. And you have to decide... Am I going to gravitate to that? Am I going to grab a hold of that and let that truth happen in my life? And people can see that in this horrible situation, I still believe. I still believe. I trust that he is, when I walk with the Lord in the light of his word, no matter what Way that is whether it's good times or it's tough times or the unknown when we don't know what this year is going to bring we can be fearful and panicked or we can walk with strength and purpose in the light of his word and in the power of his spirit what a difference because you only have two roads when something happens you either go down the road that we've been just talking about or you go down the road of of self Pity and self-indulgence, and then you start feeling that the oppression and the and the um, defeat, and and you're just down. and There's only two roads here, and he's saying, oh, "What a difference when you take the road of." no I don't understand it no I don't like it no it doesn't make sense to me but he is up to something because no matter what happens in 2020 no matter what happens Life is going to happen each and every one of us every day. And, and it's going to seem like we're rocking sometime. And it's going to look like it's, things are very unanswerable and unknown. And, but what do we absolutely, I might not know my future, but I know who holds my future. One thing that does not change is that he reigns. He is in control. He is up to something. He's God, and you and I are not. And when things happen in our life, he says, it's just, I want to show myself in you. I know it's far easier for you when it's all going your way, but the greatest test and the greatest um sign that you belong to me when people see that you still can shine Jesus in the middle of it all. And you stay on that track instead of the track of defeat and despair and down. Look at what he says. As long as it is day we must do the work of him who sent me. He's talking about himself he knows that he's on a limited timetable and he's got to really work fast and hard because he knows that the end is coming soon but hey does not that sound familiar I mean every time I look in the mirror I'm one day older <laughs> and I have a whole I have a whole nother day that's gone and it's so true. We are all on a limited timetable. And the thing is, none of us knows. None of us knows when that is going to be over. And so this, he's just saying, would you just wake up every morning knowing i got another day? And how can I use this? Because I have another day. And to me, this says you got another opportunity. You've been given another chance to do whatever needs to be done. And and again, that's between you and the Lord. But sometimes he's saying, I'm giving you another chance to say I'm sorry. I'm giving you another chance to say I forgive. I'm, I'm giving you another opportunity to quit holding those grudges. I'm giving you another opportunity to to get out of that darkness and into the light so that you don't miss this day and this opportunity. That's pretty much what he's saying. I'm giving you, when the day is here, use it. We all have people who are watching us, and we all get put every day in an opportunity. What are we showing them? Are we... in? By our attitude and by our actions and by our, by our demeanor, by our countenance, are we welcoming people? Do people say, I want Jesus, God. In the hardest of times, I say that's our biggest opportunity because people are watching, and when they see us and they know what we're going through, are they saying, I want Jesus, God what a chance and he says okay but the night's gonna come in other words you know lights out for everybody we don't know I am in the world I am the light of the world I am in the world I am the light of the world now we know that's true of Jesus But I think that we can say that. Or wouldn't it be great if we could say that about ourselves? That we kind of say, all right, here's my New Year's resolution. This is what I want most while I am in this world. I want to be his light. I want to be a light. And whatever happens in this day, I want to be a light to this world, because boy, we can all agree this world needs to be lit up. And it starts with each and every one of us taking a different attitude and a different road and a different choice in how we're going to handle the life Sometimes but there's, there's no explanation. There's no answer. I love it when Chad prays so many times. He says, the Lord, we're coming to you again with more questions than we have answers. I mean, that's really true. How often don't we go to the Lord with more questions for him than downright answers. And, he, and there's a reason for that. He's saying, I'm not telling you because I just want you to trust and obey. Because really, there is no other way to really know satisfaction and joy and completeness. There is no other way. So these few verses, just five little verses to me, just helped so much. And now watch this man. Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Now, my first thought when I read that was, that's disgusting. <laughs> spit and dirt and put mud. I mean, I'm thinking, this poor guy's never, never seen in his life. Now you're going to put an infection in there. <laughs> to me, it just did not make sense. Now, I know, and there's, there's many commentaries and there's many helps that say that saliva has medicine value and, um, and he took dirt from the ground because that's how he created man. I mean, you can put all that. To me, I still say it's disgusting. I know that he has a reason for everything he does, and I trust that. But there is something to this. When he, because I asked you, I asked you the question, was there something magic in this mud or in this saliva? Was there something magic in there? Of course not. Did he need to put that on his eyes to heal him? Of course not. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, so what does he want me to see? Why did he do that? And maybe there is no real reason for me except that just believe him. But for me personally, it helped so much because he put this on his eyes. And then he told him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So there was a distinct reason why he went to this particular uh, pool. He wanted this man to go here. Now, how, how far away that was, how far he had to walk. Now, he needed help, obviously. I really, I have to be very honest, I'm going to be very personal, yesterday, you know, when, when um, uh, my, my voice really took a dive, and I thought to myself, oh dear, I can't tell you how quickly self took over in a couple of instances, and he drew, he drew me right back here. My first one was, why in the world anyway? I'm trying so hard for you why this makes no sense. You could have affected my my arms, my legs, any other part of my body, but the one part of my body that I need and use for you. So why did you do that? Well, then I get past that, well, I'm God, you're not, I know what I'm doing. And then I go through everything that I tell you, and I believe it, I really do. And then I could believe how, how, again, personal and human you can fall. Because then all of a sudden, okay, I get it for me. But you know what, it's still going to be hard to go and have they have to listen to this voice, every one of them. And I was so sure, every one of them last night, every one of you today, not today so much, because I i learned last night. But last night, I, I started, I even on my way here last night, I thought, how can I expect anybody to come and listen to this? This voice is so terrible, and it, you have to work so hard to even hear it, and all of this. Did you hear many times, I said, me myself and i it was all about me what are they going to say about me they're going to go home and feel sorry for me they're going to say well let's find another studies so that we can at least understand what they're saying you know all these kinds of things and yet. Yeah, brought me back to this man. I mean, do you think it was strange enough for this blind man to be had to be led by people, but then to be led through the streets or wherever he had to go to get to that pool with mud on his eyes? Do you know how ridiculous that had to look? Do you know how stupid he had to look? But did you hear him and his Oh, but I'm going to look so foolish. So I'm going to look so silly. It's bad enough that I'm blind, but now I'm going to have a bunch of mud on my face, and everybody's going to be wondering what in the world and and talking about me. And did you hear him say that? No. Oh, man, I'm telling you, this is how the Lord wants to work on us because he knows that sometimes in our humanity we want answers to our questions and we want the reasons why, and he's saying not giving them to you. And if you fall into self-pity and if you're consumed with just about yourself and what people think of you, shame on you. You don't believe I can work through it? You don't believe I could take your voice about a time it's to their ears, the spirit could do a number. He pretty much had to say, I don't even need you. I'm just, I'm just privileging you. I want you to know this. Just obey. This blind man, this simple man born blind, turned me around yesterday and said, it is not about you. doesn't matter what people think. He walked through those streets. He went, and he, it just says he go, Jesus said. So the man went. <laughs> end, end of story there he went and he washed his eyes and he came home seeing. Again, did you stop and think to yourself, wonder if he would have let all his self-reasoning consume him. Wonder if he said to Jesus, nah, you know, keep that spit off my face. And, And... No, no, I am not walking down those streets looking like this. Wonder if you and I say no. You know what? I I just this makes no sense. It looks ridiculous, Um, and we don't do it. Look what happened. He went. He washed his eyes. He came home seen. Think of the blessings. If he didn't do what he was told, he would have missed. Can you imagine when he opened his eyes for the first time and he saw trees and and people and all these things? He would have missed that. I told Tom on the way home, I was so far last night that I even, I even invited this thought into my mind. You know, this just could be my last year. This is just too much pressure trying to fight against this voice. I said, I cannot believe that we can fall to, to that kind of level and we don't trust him enough. that I decide, I decide I don't want to do this because it's too hard. wonder if I had said that last night because it was so bad that Tom says, I can't understand one word you're saying to me. You can understand every word. I know, I know. It is It is so amazing. This is miraculous this morning, I have to say. Morning, very clear. I am very clear this morning. I know it. I know it. It's even better than last night. I mean, it is truly miraculous. And the Lord is teaching me, and I am just laying myself out there for you because I think every one of us fall into these questions and these doubts and these self-reasoning and um, I think it's best if they don't have to put up with all this kind of I'm trying to figure this out and I'm trying to give myself the answers and I have to say to you I would have missed the blessing last night and I would have missed the blessing of hearing this this morning I looked at that, he went, and he, if he hadn't done that, he wouldn't have been able to see. I think to myself, when we, because we don't want to go through that time, because when life hits and we don't have answers for it and it doesn't make sense, we just give up. And I think, how many blessings have not we missed? Because we gave up. And we weren't willing to let him work through us. Just like he said, there's no reason here. I'm just doing this because I know her so well, and I knew that I could use her to show myself. People have got to see that you can work through obstacles because I am God and you're not, and I can do it through anything and anyone. And The thing is, you're not going to learn that lesson until you go through it until you find out he does exactly what he says. But I think so many of us quit before we even dare because we're so afraid of what people might think or say or trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to what? Your own understanding. And see, see, that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to make sense and trying to reason with my own. Um, and he said, don't do that. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct. Okay, now his neighbors, his neighbors came around him and and they said, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claim that it that he was the one. Others said no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. Wouldn't that have been wouldn't that have been just so exciting, almost fun to be able to say, nope, I'm the one. Ow. And here's the, the typical. Here's the typical. How, how did that happen? How then were your eyes opened? And the man replied, and now here, we're going to start seeing. We start at the beginning and watch him progress. And why did he spiritually grow? Why did we see spiritual progression? Is because he wanted it. John 5, that doofus, he... He didn't want it. I mean, Jesus came to him and said, Do you really want to be healed? Well, you know, I can't. I mean, a simple yes answer would have been it. But no, he's wallowing in. Well, nobody's going to put me in the pool and all this whining and complaining. And then it says that he was cured I still marvel when I go back there into that chapter. I notice that Jesus cured him first. He, Jesus tried to help this man in his faith, so he didn't say, "Get up!" and he cured him, and then the man got up. And then, when the Pharisees said, um, "How come you're carrying a mat on the Sabbath?" Now, I know that's such a putrid attitude, you know. Why, didn't they, why were they thrilled with his, his ability to walk? But, but that's just them and their religiosity. But he's, he, didn't, he didn't have a question to want to know the answer to. He did not seek out. He did not want to learn and grow and find out more. This man said, hey, don't blame me. The guy said... He told me to pick up my man and walk. You got a beef, don't don't have it with me, have it with him. And when Jesus left, he didn't go. You'd think that man would have wanted would have followed him like, "Hey, I want to get to know who you are." You'd think that would have been the normal, but you know what? That's not the way the gospel works for some It's right there in front of their face and they still don't want it. And Jesus tried again, went back after him and gave him a warning this time and said, if you don't shape up, if you don't know me, if you don't have a desire in your heart to know who I am, then even worse is going to happen to you, which means, you know what? You're walking and that's wonderful, but believe it or not, two human legs walking, is that doesn't cut it. If your heart doesn't change, the worst that could happen to you is you are going to spend eternity away from me. End of story, we don't hear about that man again, and now this, this is the beautiful part of John 9 is that you see a different heart. You see a heart with desire in it. He doesn't know much and that's what's so beautiful when, when, you know, we're told that all, all we need, Jesus says, is a mustard seed of faith and see only he can see our heart and he knows if that little mustard seed, that little desire is there and that's all Jesus needs. So when they said to him, well, what happened? The man, the man, that's all he knows, that that it was a man. The man they called Jesus. So he knows that his name is Jesus. He made mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash, so I went and washed, and then I could see, well, where is this man? And, you know, when he says, I think there's a... Two different ways you could say, I don't know. You can either say, I don't know. And I think this was John 5. This guy, I don't know, and I don't care. Think This man, because of the progression, his spiritual progression, he says, I don't know. I don't know where he is. And I think there was, there was something in him that's, I'm going to find out. Uh, they take him, now these neighbors, they take him to, oh, the religious hierarchy. We, we need answers. We need to get to the bottom of this. How does this man, he's born blind, now he can see. So who should we go to? Oh, we've got to go to those religious people. So they brought him to the Pharisees, the man who had been born blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Now when you read that, did you think, of course it was. Jesus knew exactly what day it was, and he's doing this all on purpose. He is trying to show these Pharisees who are so caught up in their religiousness that it is not about the rules. It's about the heart of the matter. but they're making it all about the rules. So therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he received his sight. And so he goes through the story again. He says, well, he put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. I mean, I hope that, when you read that, you are starting, your spiritual eyes are starting to really be open to, you know what, it isn't all about religion and sitting in a certain seat or pew or singing a certain kind of song or whatever. I hope you're starting to see it has nothing to do with that. These men are making it all about that religion and they are heartless. And they are con. I mean, it it is amazing how how easy it is to condemn. It's so much easier to do that. And so, therefore, they said, this man is not of God. But others, others, others said, how can... A sinner do such miraculous signs. So you can see there's a little start of, but this doesn't make sense. If he's such a sinner, then how could he do that? So there at least, there's a little light here. There's a little hopeful thinking here, thinking, I don't know, this doesn't quite add up. I want to know more. See, can you honestly say that you know everything there is to know? everything in these 66 books you got it down pat you are walking with the lord every day you know just perfectly and and you're listening to the spirit and so you're trusting the lord with all your heart and you never ask the question why no you know i mean that's ridiculous but the thing is are you more in tune with his word and his voice than you were before are you are, are you watching this the spiritual journey, the spiritual growth—are you watching him change you? As you are now becoming less and less, and he—you're starting to respond to his voice more and more. That's spiritual maturity, and he, that's all he needs. You is, is can see in your heart. Do you have a desire to want it? If you have a desire to want it, he can't wait to show it to you. To me, that's so encouraging, but that also shows me that, that um, if I really want to spiritually grow, and I asked you a question about that, what do you really need to do? You need to get to know him better. How do you get to know him better? But through his word. This is the book we need to commit to. Now, we also grow through experiences and that kind of thing, but, but if you really want to know him, it is in this book. And if you have a desire and you prove that to him, you will be astounded at your discoveries and your growth and your change. And you will love what you see. Now, look what happens. It's because some are saying, nope, he's a sinner. And so, you know, he is not from God. And. And then some are saying, well, I don't know. I, I want to know more. Well, what are you going to get when you have those two ways of thinking? They were divided. Now, in Chapter 7, we saw that too, that people were divided. And I remember making this comment, and I made it last night, and I, I had a gentleman come up to me and says, you know, I just can't buy that. And and so I know this is a tough statement, except I'm standing by it because because I believe from scripture here that, that when Jesus came, he came the first time to save, obviously, and he came not only to save, but to divide. Now, we don't like to hear that Jesus came to divide. Now, we know that in John 17, and we'll get to that, that when he prays for all believers, he prays that we stay unified. I mean, he wants his children unified. He wants his children to get along because the world is watching. So he, he wants his children unified, but what did Jesus come to do? He came to divide, to separate, to, to see who's going to believe in me and who's not. The sheep, the goats. It, he, he divides. Everyone has to make a decision. Everybody has to make a choice with the word that has been presented to them, the gospel that is presented to them. For God so loved you. Okay, now, what, whoever are you going to choose to be? Whoever believes or whoever doesn't. And he came to save us all, but he came then to divide and say, okay, those who believe and those who don't. And you can't help but see that because, in just in this one verse, they were divided. Is there's only two rows. You either can say yes or you say no, and then there's a divide between. There is no middle. Finally, it turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. So, okay, what do you you say about the man who did that? Now, the first time, the man, his name is Jesus. Now, here's the second statement. You can tell that he's thought about this. You know, he's gotta be more than a man because this is not an everyday occurrence. And after all, I have never been able to see a day of my life and now I can. He's a prophet. He's a prophet. So there you go. You know, and and the thing is, Jesus is loving this. Because this is, the man's on the road of growing and having a desire to want to know more. Okay, then the Jews still did not believe that he had been blind and received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it now that he can see? We know he's our son, the parents answered, but we know he was born blind. So we know he is our boy, and yes, he was born blind, but how he can see now, we don't know. No doubt they weren't there. And so they weren't lying. They just weren't wanting to find out more because they knew it would mean trouble. And so he said, they said, well, you know, he's got all the answers. He's a man of age. He, he can talk. So ask him, and he will speak for himself. And at first you think, man, those parents But you gotta cut them a little slack, a little bit, because see, they, again, they're still caught in the trap of what people think. And it is a trap. Because to me, they choked, and they should have been finding all the answers out about their boy no matter what what the consequences were, because he was their child. And this is a miraculous thing that happened. But they were so consumed with what people were going to say because it was already known that if anybody started confessing that they believed that Jesus was the Christ, it says right there, they would be put out of the synagogue. They would be excommunicated. And back then, if you were excommunicated, it was like being a leper. I mean, you might as well live on your own in your own little colony and in your own little, because nobody is going to want to associate with you. So that was major. What are people going to say? And that's going to put us all in a hole. You know, nobody's going to want to be friends with us and all this kind of thing. It was a self-centeredness. It was, it was a consumed all about them, unfortunately. second time they summoned the man Pharisees they they brought him the second time and they said to him to give glory to God because that man that you're talking about this man he's a sinner now obviously we believe now you were born blind but now you see well give glory to God he did the miracle this guy no. This man is a sinner. Oh, don't you just, uh, these Pharisees, how they can think that they're not. They, they don't think of themselves as sinners, but sometimes in our religiosity, in our, in our West Michigan attitude, in our church on every corner attitude, don't, think that this doesn't go through your mind. Oh, they're a sinner. You know, I mean, I hope that we are getting through that and we're getting past that kind of thinking in our Dutch conservatism. And we're realizing that we are all in the same boat. And only by God's amazing grace are you and I sitting here this morning. He replied, now watch, He look at his progress, look at his progress. Whether he is a sinner or not, I mean, you got to love it. He doesn't even, I mean, to me, I think this man gets it more than the Pharisees do because he's saying whether he's a sinner or not, you know what? I don't know. That's between him and God. All I know is that I was blind and now I see. To me, this is such a great answer when people say to you, and you were all expecting some, where we need to come up with these Bible, the, all these Bible verses and we need to say it in such a theological way and we that's why we keep our mouths shut because, you know, I'm not going to say it right and, and I think here is your opportunity to look at this man's answer and say, I don't have all the answers. All I know is that I was once lost, and now I'm found. I went to a cross on Calvary where I believe Jesus died for me. Do I understand that all? Do I have all the answers? No, but I know what happened to me. I think this is such a beautiful answer. I just know my story. Every one of us, we should tell our story and that should be enough. I don't have all the answers. I know what happened to me though. And then he didn't leave it there. He didn't leave it there. When they said... um, They came back and asked him, what did he do? How did he open your eyes? I mean, after he was saying that, you know, he gave this testimony like, I don't have the answers. I don't, whether he's a sinner or not, I just know I once was blind, but now I see. Well, how did this happen? And I think by this time he is saying, well, he does say, I told you already. But then what he said next is so good. You just what? You're just not listening. Oh, you're hearing the words, and that's why when we when we sang "Open My Eyes," that that second part is so important to open my ears, Lord, and to help me to listen. Do you know that we have select hearing? And there are some things when, when, we have, when, when life happens and we don't want to hear the Lord say, "Yep, yeah, but I'm doing this so that I can show myself through you. No, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to go through this. The Holy Spirit is going to try to, to bring to you the truth of what you have learned so that you can still stay standing on your feet and you can make it through this. But if we don't want to listen, you won't hear it. And that's why this time last night I said to them, I said, if you really want to hear John 9, whether it's in a good voice or not, the truth of John 9 will come through and you will hear it if you want it. And this morning you are hearing it clear and plain, but again, are you? Are you listening? These men. He looked right at me. He says, "I told you. You're just not listening. Words, yes, but the meaning you're not grasping because you don't want to hear. You don't want to." He's right in front of your face. He is right here, but you don't want it. The answers usually, our comfort, our strength, is right here, and yet it's. The Bible's probably shut, because, no, I just want it. I want it my way. I want it easy. I want it comfortable. I don't want to go through this. So, then he kind of gets, it's, I think it's quite adorable, myself, because he's got a sense of humor. Because he turns around and says, hey, maybe maybe these questions are because you want to be his disciple Two, <laughs> I laughed right out loud I thought this guy I can't wait to meet him can you on the top of John 9 I put what a wonderful man had a tough life had a tough life and yet he had a little desire a little speck of desire to want to know about this man and he did not miss all what God had for him I'm telling you I love it but the way his humor he just oh maybe you want to know so you can be his followers that's what a disciple is a follower and when he said two, I thought there's another progress point he now classifies himself as a disciple a follower he chooses to be a follower of Jesus so when he said two, do you want to be a want to be a follower too They were so disgusting. They hurled insults at him and said, You are his fellow. You are this fellow's disciple. This fellow's. I got to tell you, that broke my heart. You're talking about the Savior of the world, the Son of God Himself. And you're calling Him, and oh, you're the religious, and you're calling Him this fellow. You are this fellow's disciple. We disciple, we are disciples of Moses. Oh. If we could take a look at the face of this man versus the countenance of these Pharisees, I would dare say you've got sparkle and light and and then you look at these religious. You know, you're looking at this man who doesn't have all the answers but has a desire. And then you look at these religious men who think they have all the answers and they look like a crabby mess. We are, we are followers of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses. This is when you want to say, would you get into the new century? Would you get out of that old way and would you walk into the new? Oh, it's just starting to become so clear to me what, what Jesus meant when he said, You can't put old wine into new things. I mean, you got to put new wine into new, new containers. I mean, I get that now. You have got to step into the new because this is a new way of thinking and it's a new way of living and it's a new you. The thing is, you aren't even remodeled. You've been totally reconstructed. Your heart has not just been remodeled. It has been totally reconstructed. It is not your heart anymore. It's his and these religious men, I'm telling you, you think anybody would want what they have? You think there's anybody looking at these crabby faces saying, oh, I want what you got? No. Are they looking at this man who's probably just sparkling and he probably says, man, I just, I don't get it all. But I want to know, it. this guy had just been, talk about the light of Jesus coming through. And this man did not have it easy. But you know what I loved about him, too? Look how he, he he was a beggar. Remember, it said he was a beggar. He was the lowest of the low. But when Jesus gets a hold of you, look who he stands up to. Is he afraid of these guys? Not even the least bit. In fact, not only is he not afraid of them, he dares be a little sarcastic to them. You know, he, re- he really he throws it right back in their face. When you are so sure, and again, that to, to me counts everything out, where, well, you know, I don't have the ability. I can't. I'm not like so-and-so. I can't, you know. This shoots are right out of the box because this man doesn't have any any idea really yet. He's coming. He has come a long way in this chapter. And Jesus is loving it. But when he says... He answers them. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't know where he comes from. You know, I thought to myself, they did too. Of all people, they did. They just didn't want to. And I went back, because I have this so circled in my Bible, because when Jesus, uh, it says in chapter 7, when Jesus was teaching in the temple courts, he cried out. You know, Jesus wasn't a loudspeaker, but once in a while he would just cry out to get his point across. And when he cried out, yes, you do know me. You can say you don't, but you do too. We don't know where he comes from. You do too. Then the man answered again. He says kind of, now this is quite remarkable. Can you just hear him? This is quite remarkable. You've got all the evidence right here. It's, it's right in front of your face. I mean, uh, let's face it. You now believe that I was born blind and now I am seeing fine. And yet, You choose not. This is quite remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. See, this man is not a pagan. This man has probably grown up in in Jewish learning because he knew. He knew that Isaiah wrote the Lord saying these words in Isaiah 1, when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Even if you offer many prayers, I will not listen. He knew that the writer of Psalm 66 wrote, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened, but God has surely listened and heard my voice in prayer. If I had cherished sin in my heart, he wouldn't. So he knew, he knew the psalmist, he knew Isaiah, he knew that God does not listen to the prayers of sinners. Now you say, Whoa, I'm a sinner. He listens to every one of my prayers. What's the first prayer? His prayer is that connection with the Holy Spirit in your spirit. And what is the first prayer that God hears from your lips? I mean he hears everything he knows everything he hears everything yeah but the prayer your personal prayer the first one he hears coming from your lips is that connecting prayer of your salvation your repentance your confession and repentance you're you're saying i need you that is the first one so he knew you're talking about, God does not, he does not listen, because, you know, there's some people that make these prayers, they say, Lord, um, if you get me out of this, I'll teach junior high Sunday school, I mean, you know, you barter, and you, you know, you're praying, get me out of this, Lord, get, give me an A in my test, I mean, I have to, I have to ask, I would want to say, who are you praying to anyway? Do you really know who he is? He's not just a little genie that comes out of a bottle when you run to him and he fulfills everyone your wishes. He is the sovereign, almighty God who sacrificed everything for you. It's serious, and this man understands that. He listens to the godly man who does his will. Remember Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. You can have the most pious words and you can word it so nice and and someday you're going to get, you know, before the Lord and he's going to say, I never knew you. But Jesus said, only those who do the will of my Father You can be as religious and as churchy and as good person as you want, but if you haven't said yes to the Father's will, which is saying yes to Jesus as your Savior, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. I mean, it is just so black and white simple, but people don't want to listen. They they want to do it on their terms, their way. bottom line is, we know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. Nobody has ever opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could could do nothing. Oh man, that's more spiritual growth here. What another big step forward. He has to be from God. He couldn't do it if he wasn't. He really stood up to those men, those men, and he dared say it, yes, he is. To this they replied, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Oh, I guess that's what you do when you bully somebody. Big old bullies deep, they knew they were right. They knew they were wrong. They knew he was right. They down deep knew it. They had so much pride. I guess that's what it looks like. You take a little man who's been a beggar all his life, and you just show your weight around and your power around, and you just toss him out because you have the right to do that. I guess that's what a bully looks like. Okay, Jesus heard. He heard what they had done. They'd thrown him out, and when he found him, this had been a confrontation that you and I would have loved to witness, wouldn't you? I mean, you've watched this man spiritually grow during this whole chapter. You saw his heart desire, you saw his strength that stand up to truth. and against the liars. And so when Jesus said, do you believe in the Son of Man? Son of Man, do you believe in it? And and he, he admits, who is he, sir? Isn't that wonderful to know? If you and I don't have answers, all we have to do is ask him. And he is not in condemnation saying you should, you know no, he's saying, no, if you've got a desire, I want to take you down this road of progression of spiritual growth, if you have a desire, I will take you step by step, so I'm going to keep asking you questions, and see if you really want to seek and find the answers, do you believe in the Son of Man, who is he, sir, tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. And the man said, oh, look what he called him now, Lord. Lord means in all, over all, through all. All of a sudden, he has gone from this beggar to calling him Lord. And Jesus has loved every step of the way. Lord, I believe, and He worshipped Him. I just wanted—I just wanted to understand that word worship. I did. It just, I just—I you think you know? You put it in categories. You know, we think worship is that certain time in the service, or we think it's a certain style of music, or whatever. And I, you know, I went—I went to Webster Dictionary. You know, you're talking about. Uh, a worldly everyday dictionary, and he had the best definition of worship, especially in this in this setting. Because does this man know all the right songs to sing right now? Does he have a certain style he wants? Does he you know, I mean, he just called him Lord, he believed and he worshiped. And here is what Webster says: worship is. Worship is to honor. Worship is to honor with extravagant love and extreme submission. Isn't that the best? Worship, and that could be anytime, anywhere, in whatever capacity, when you want to honor him with extravagant love and extreme submission, he sees that And he hears that and adds worship to him. Jesus said, for judgment, I have come into this world. I don't know, maybe you could, I did. I thought, no, 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 you came to save. You're coming the second time to judge. And the more I thought, no, no, this isn't the judgment he's talking about. He's coming again like we talked about with divide. I've come to judge. I've, I, for judgment, I've come into this world. I've come to divide those who choose to believe in me and who choose not. And I'm going to take all those who say yes to me along. I For judgment, I've come into this world so that the blind will see You know, blind, I would say another word for blind, again, is just utter humility. You have finally, your spiritual eyes have been opened that you are nothing without him. You can't see straight without him. Your whole objective for life is on the wrong path without him. I've come to open the eyes of those who know that they are blind. They admit it. They accept it come to the cross they see their humility they see they're ashamed they're ashamed they see they're embarrassed they know they thought they were so good and they're nothing without him he said "For judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind some of the Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and said what are we blind too What an answer. What a way to end this chapter. Jesus, I I think in just a calm voice, he said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. See, because those who come in that kind of humility and that kind of blindness, they go to the place where they know their sins can be forgiven and their guilt can be washed away. But, now that you claim you can see, in other words, you claim you've got all the answers. You claim that you, that you have it all, and everybody just come, and I will f- give you all the answers. Saying, you, you claim you can see, your guilt remains. Now, did, did he give them food for thought here? Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, and they're not dumb men. I mean, they, if they wanted to hear that, they could have figured what he meant out here. If you are blind, oh, I'll see to it you see. But if you think you can see, you got all the answers, you stay in your guilt, and you will stay in your sin. What a lesson. I wrote this down this this is this man's progression this man said I believe this was a man his name is Jesus and then he went on to say I believe he's a prophet and then he said he, he didn't say the word master but he said I'm his disciple I'm his follower which then insinuates that I'm following him he's the leader I'm not He's from God. He did confess that. Remember, he said he's from God. He has to be. Otherwise, no one could do this. And then he addresses, yes, I believe you are the son of man. You are the son of God. Who I trust and who I worship. Look at that spirit growth. And that's the road. When we come every week and we study every day, this is our desire. What a great lesson to start the year. Heavenly Father, we praise you for what you did this morning. We know you were in the first row and you were smiling and you love your women. You want us to know the truth and you do want us to be able to handle life. Lord, may we constantly be reminding ourselves that whatever happens to us, you want to show yourself through this opportunity you are giving us. Lord, may we love you and adore you and trust you and be grateful for you so much that we say, fine, okay. Lord, we are yours. It is not about us anymore. Our chains are gone. We've been set free. You we have been rescued. Now may we live like it in Jesus' name. Amen. Good.